Well, welcome back. It's my episode number 30 for Spinning Singles. And what we do here is I talk about the songs that hit the Hot 100 on the Billboard charts and any songs that uh, obviously make it 40 or higher, I'll talk about. But any other songs that meant something to me, I'll talk about that just charted below that. And I'm Todd, and let's get started. And we left off with, I believe, the first week of 1980 um, of October. So that's the October the 4th, 1980. And I'm not really playing any of the music because it's um, copyrighted, but I will talk about it. You can actually download the songs if you want to hear what they sound like, but uh, this that's not the purpose of this. So I'm just basically talking about the songs from a collector's point of view. So number 34 that week, the highest debut, was by a superstar already, and it was her follow-up to Upside Down. It's Diana Ross and I'm Coming Out. It was another upbeat, kind of danceable song on the Motown label. And like I said, it came in at 34, up from 44, and would go all the way to number five. So it was a pretty big hit. It was on the radio a lot. Um, don't hear it too much nowadays, but um, not a valuable record. And it did not have a picture sleep, but it is Diana Ross. And she's still around and still recording, which is fantastic. So... That's I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. Next song to come in that week was really an odd song, and it was definitely a song for the times. It was very new wave-ish, and that was the term that was used back then for new kind of interesting music that came out. And this was by the group Devo, and they were known for looking really weird in their videos and sounding even weirder. And this song was uh, called Whip It, and of course became a pretty big hit for them, came in at 37, went to 14, um, and really, really upbeat, kind of a punk song, if you want to think about it. Very short song, too, only just over two minutes and 30 seconds, but it was a big hit, and that's called Whip It by Devo. On the Warner Brothers label, and because it was Devo, it does have some value. I'd say a nice, clean copy is probably worth about five bucks. So the next song to come in that week was at number 38, and it came in from a group called the Pure Prairie League, and they were having hits back then. And this one was called I'm Almost Ready. And normally they were, you know, kind of mellow, mid-tempo, and this was a very upbeat rocking song for them. And it was written by their lead singer at the time, Vince Gill, and I believe he sang vocals on it. And you might know Vince Gill. He went on to be a big country star and actually got married to Amy Grant, and I believe they're still married to this day. Always like Vince Gill solo stuff, but he at the time he was with the Pure Prairie League, and it's called I'm Almost Ready, and it's on the Casablanca label. It came in at 38 and would go to number 34. That's as high as it got. And it was the last top 40 hit for Pure Prairie League. They didn't have any more after this. So um, that's I'm Almost Ready. Not a song you hear at all on the radio. And uh, not a valuable record at all either. No picture sleep with that. Next song, on the other hand, was a superstar country artist crossing over. Kenny Rogers, of course, and his song Lady. It came in brand new on the Hot 100 that week at 39. And would go on to be a huge number one hit for him. Um, six weeks at number one that year for Lady. It's a nice ballad. And... Um, was written by his good friend Lionel Richie, 
and he was singing, I, I believe, about his wife at the time, and her name eludes me right now, but it does have a picture sleeve, and it's got him singing on the cover, and it was actually from, um, they're promoting the new album, Kenny Rogers' Greatest Hits on the B-side, which has all his hits, and Lady, of course, on it. And not a valuable record, I'd say. Picture sleeve and 45 together is probably about three or four bucks because it was such a huge hit. It was easy to find. And that's Kenny Rogers and Lady. Last song to come in that week in the top 40, hit number 40 up from 48 and went to 21. It was a ballad by a soul artist named Stacy Lattisaw. It was her very first chart hit. It's called Let Me Be Your Angel. And she was actually from the D.C. area, so this song got a lot of airplay. It's on the Cotillion label, which is the same label as Sister Sledge, and produced by Narada Michael Walden. And um, like I said, it was her first big hit, and it was from her album called Let Me Be Your Angel as well. And it made it to number 21, which was pretty good for her. And because it was such a local record, you still hear it every now and then around here in the D.C. area. And that's Let Me Be Your Angel by Stacey Lattisall. No picture sleeve and not a valuable record, probably about a 3 or $4 record in really good shape. So that brings us to the uh, next week in October of 1980. And that would be the 11th. That's the chart date. And there were uh, four songs that came in that week. And the first song was a cover version uh, by Hall and & Oates, and they were just about ready to get started on their huge run. But this was a song that was out right before that. And it's a cover of You've Lost That Love and Feeling, originally done by the Righteous Brothers. And I was lucky enough to see Bill Medley in concert probably about three or four years ago. And he performed down in Rockville, put on a great show. And he also has a younger daughter named McKenna Medley, who is a country artist. And she performed a couple of her country songs at night. So that was kind of nice to see. Got a chance to meet him and take photos. And a uh, nice guy. But anyway, Hall & Oates covered this. You've lost that love and feeling. You know the song. It was pretty popular. It was in the movie Top Gun. And this was their version of it. And it came in at 34. We go all the way to number 12, which was a pretty big hit for them. And it was on their RCA label. And it was from the album Voices. And that's Hall & Oates. You've lost that love and feeling. Uh, next song to come in was a very musical family. The Jacksons had gotten back together at that point and recorded an, um, another new album at the time. It was called Triumph. And there was this first single. It's called Lovely One. It came in at 38. would go all the way to number 12, just like Hall and & Oates. And it was on the Epic label, a very upbeat, danceable song. Liked it a lot. Heard it a lot on the radio. And it did have Michael singing on it at some point. And uh, because it's the Jacksons, it does have some value, probably around a $5 record. This one did not have a picture sleeve, though. And that's Lovely One by the Jacksons. Next song to come in was another song by the Cars. And this was not a big hit for them. Uh, didn't hear it that much. It's called Touch and Go. It came in at number 39 and would only go to 37. So it only spent maybe, I don't know, two or three, two or three uh, weeks on the, on the survey, on the countdown. And... Um, Nice kind of upbeat song and um, not a particularly valuable 45 and it did not have a picture sleeve, but that's the cars on the Electra label, which was red at the time and touch and go. And it was from their album Panorama. And about that album, there was another song on that album that was released as a single, but it did not chart. 
and it's called Gimme Some Slack, and that's probably my favorite off that album. And like I said, it was a 45, kind of hard to find, but if you do find it, it's a great song. So if you've never heard it, one of their best, Gimme Some Slack by The Cars. All right, next song to come in. At number 40 this week, kind of surprised me when I heard about it because it was another song by Donna Summer. And a couple weeks before, she had just debuted with her song called The Wanderer on her new label at the time, Geffen, and it would go on to be a big hit. And But this one must have been a leftover from her Casablanca days because that's what label it was on. It was on Casablanca. It's called Walk Away. It came in at number 40. It would make it to number 36. And I think this was climbing on the charts when The Wanderer overtook it and it was a lot bigger of a hit. But uh, this song is actually not a bad song at all, very danceable, called Walk Away, a song you do not hear, and I think it got dwarfed by The Wanderer, but a neat song anyway, and that's Donna Summer, Walk Away. And speaking of Casablanca, that's the label of this next song that debuted nationally uh, at number 86 and only made it to number 52, but it was a huge airplay hit in this area. I remember hearing it all over the radio and thinking, wow, this is going to be a big hit. It was from a new group from Detroit called 707, and that's what it was, the digit 707. That's what it is on the label, and it's called I Could Be Good For You, and definitely a rock and roll, rock and song. Um, was disappointed and only made it to 52 nationally, but if around here, I bet it was a top 10 because we heard it all the time, and it's one of those things that doesn't happen anymore. Sometimes you'll hear a song in an area... That was a huge hit and not a big hit nationally, but now it's it's just not that way. But back then it was, so it was kind of cool to hear stuff like that. But um, kind of a hard record to find nowadays, I guess. You never hear it on the radio, but um, I think they only had one other Hot 100 hit after that. But So you could consider this close to being a one-hit wonder if you count number 52 as being a hit. So we'll move on to the next week of October um, 1980, and it was dated the 18th. And there were five songs to come in that week. And the highest song to come in that week at number 33 was by Jackson Brown and another song off his album, um, the same album that had Boulevard. It's called Hold Out. And this one did not have a picture sleeve. It's called That Girl Could Sing. And it's on the Elect Asylum label. Sorry, I get those confused. But it's Asylum, which is the blue label, same label as the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt. And this song would go to number 22 for him, kind of a mid-tempo um, record, That Girl Can Sing by Jackson Brown. And you do hear it on Yacht Rock every now and then, about a $3 record. Next song to come in was kind of a comeback record for a guy who had a lot of big hits in the 70s. And this being 1980, he hadn't had a hit in a little while. And I'm talking about Leo Sayer. This song came in at 35 and he had a very high falsetto-sounding voice. This is called More Than I Can Say. And it would go on to be a huge hit. It went to number two and stayed up there for five weeks and did not make it to number one, but it was a huge hit. We heard it everywhere on the radio, so much so we knew I knew all the words to it. And it was from his album Living in a Fantasy. And it's on Warner Brothers, and because it was such a huge hit, it's not a valuable 45 at all, More Than I Can Say. Uh, next song to come in was another country record, and it was by Ann Murray, who had a lot of country crossovers at the time. And it came in at 38 and went to 33, so it wasn't a huge hit for her. It's called Could I Have This Dance, and it was a ballad, and it did have a picture sleeve, and the picture sleeve is purple, kind of purplish pink with her on the cover. 
And I remember having to get this record somewhere else. I couldn't find it in the stores for some reason. So I can't remember if I had to get it through the mail somewhere or not, which was unusual for me back then because I was only about 14 years old and I couldn't drive. And I can't remember. I think I had to send a mail to get this one. Anyway, it's going to have this dance by Ann Murray. And probably about a $4 record with the sleeve. Next song to come in that week was by the Rolling Stones, another big, big band that was still having hits. It's called She's So Cold, and it was off of uh, Emotional Rescue, and it did have a picture sleeve, which is kind of cool. Kind of got their tongue with the blue tongue on it because they're cold. <laughs> and um, the record was not bad. It went to 26, very rocking song by them, and you do hear it every now and then. Picture sleeve is kind of hard to find. I'd say it's probably about a $10 sleeve. In really good shape, and the problem with those sleeves was it was white, so it would show the ring wear quite often, and unfortunately mine has a little bit of ring wear on it. But a nice clean copy could be, yeah, at least a $10 sleeve, I would think. And that She's So Cold by the Rolling Stones. Um, next song I put in a kind of a different category. It was, um, at the time, her signature song, Pat Benatar, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. And when I first heard it, it was a great song. But, you know, after a while, after hearing the song over and over and over again, there's a little burn factor there. And that means you just get tired of hearing it. And I think this song, they overplayed it too much. It was a number nine hit for her. It was a big hit. It's not a bad song. It's just they played it so much. There's so many other songs that she did that were just as good, if not better. So I kind of have a little burn mode going on on Pat Benatar. You still hear it a lot today. But again, I wish they would play something else because it's just, they play it too much. And it did have a picture sleeve, which is one of her easier picture sleeves to find. And it's got a picture of two of her albums on the back. It's on Chrys Chrysalis, her label. And that's Hit Me With Your Best Shop by Pat Benatar. Um, and we'll talk about one of the another song that kind of got burned on me too coming up here but next song we'll talk about was a hot 100 hit and it's one of one of my favorite bands the b-52s at the time and this is a song called private idaho and it was very very good i, I love this song and it came in at 85 would only go to 74 and it had a picture sleeve a blue picture sleeve that looked kind of like the yellow picture sleeve for rock lobster and it was on warner brothers at the time and it shows a picture of the group just sitting there all cool looking with the beehive hairdos and everything and this was called Private Idaho, and it was from Wild Planet. That's their album. And should have been a bigger hit. And the last song I'm going to talk about is another country crossover record. And the only reason I, I, it means a lot to me, because I used to hear it on the radio a lot. I don't know why, but it just stuck out with me. And this was by Mac Davis. And at that point, he had had a lot of hits in the 70s and had turned country. And this was one of uh, more uh, reflective songs he did called Texas in My Rearview Mirror. It was on Casablanca. It would come in at 87 and go to 51, which wasn't bad for him. But um, it was also from the album, Texas in My Rearview Mirror. And it was kind of a cool song. I like the theme to it. And that's Mac Davis with no picture sleeve. And it's it's not a valuable record. Mac Davis records are 2 to $3 each. So that brings us to the next week um, of October 25th. So we're moving through the month pretty quickly here. And this week only had three songs that came in the top 40. And um, the first song I'm going to talk about was by a singer from the rock group The Who. So at the time, he was doing a solo project, and I'm talking about Roger Daltrey. 
And the solo project was called McVicker, and that was the album. And this is called Without Your Love. And I guess since Pete Townsend had hit a hit with Let Me Let My Love Open the Door, he said, Why not? Let me do something. And this song was on the Polydor label, which was some of the labels that The Who was on. And it came in at 38 and went to number 20. Um, it did get some airplay. Um, you don't hear it now any days, but because it's associated with The Who, it does have some value. I'd say it's between a $5 and $10 record in really good shape. And like I said, it's on Polydor, but it did not have a picture sleeve. And that's Roger Daltrey and Without Your Love. Okay, the next song I'm going to talk about is another song that I loved when it came out. Thought it was very unique and great at the time, but over the years, it's just been played way too much, and now I've got a burn factor going on with it. Again, another band who has a ton of songs that are better than this one, but they keep playing this one to death, and I know why they do it. It's very simple. Most radio stations do not want people to turn the channel. Most people only want to hear songs they're familiar with. So the more familiar they are with it, the more they're going to listen to it. Well, I'm in a different category because I like stuff that you don't hear. So the average person in the general public probably likes this song a lot. Nothing wrong with this song, but that's just my feeling on it. I'm talking about ACDC, great band from Australia that's still recording. And their song, You Shook Me All Night Long, it hit the top 40, which was unusual for them. And it made it to number 35. It's on Atlantic. And like I said, it was a great song when it was out. But now they play it all the time. And I just, I get tired of it. So, so I'm Back in Black, which was a great album. Because it's ACDC, it does have some value. A good clean copy of this record is probably $15 to $20. It did not have a picture sleeve. So we will talk more about ACDC as uh, time rolls on. And the last song to come in um at number 40 was another song by Christopher Cross, who was riding high. He just had a number one called Sailing. And this was a follow-up called Never Be the Same. And it was a kind of a mid-tempo record. And it would go on to number 15. And it was from his same album that had Sailing and Ride Like to Win on it. And Never Be the Same by Christopher Cross. Probably a lament about, you know, meeting a girl and never being the same. And I could relate back then because I had a big crush on a girl. And, you know, after you've had your first crush, you're never the same. So it was... uh very timely song for me at the time, and that's uh, Christopher Cross. And um, we are just about out of time for this week. I uh, appreciate you listening to Spinning Singles. And um, we will pick up where we left off, which will be probably beginning or close to beginning November of 1980. And I will see you next week. <laughs>